Well, hello everyone and welcome to another podcast. My name is Brandon Archer and uh, if you're tuning in, uh, I'm thankful for you listening and I believe that if you listen that God's going to bless your life. Um, I believe there's going to be wisdom and understanding and truth and who he is come through my mouth to your ears in Jesus name. You know, it's the season that uh, I know a lot of people love Christmas and, you know, Christmas is such a cool time because of all the, you know, music and the shiny things and the decorations. But ultimately, you have to kind of make a point nowadays to stop and shift the focus away from all that and put it on Jesus. Because the world's definitely not doing that. It doesn't mention, it doesn't, if you think about Christmas in the world standards, Jesus doesn't even get mentioned. It's not even about Jesus. It's about Santa Claus, reindeer. It's about uh, presents under a tree, a Christmas tree, and everything gets lost. And I feel like that's such the flesh and such the way um, the carnal nature is, is to just create all these distractions, create all this stuff to keep it away from the main point, right? So right right now, um, I just want to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for sending your son. Thank you uh, for allowing him to come into the world and be our savior and I'm so grateful for you, Lord, in my life, in my family. In fact, I'm, I'm grateful for my, for my family, for my kids, for my wife, uh, for my pastors, for my, for my mother and my father, for my sisters and my brothers, just all my family in Christ and in the natural. I'm thankful for every person, God, that you've created. I pray, God, that they would know you, that they would truly experience your presence and your power. Uh, God, that they would know um, how much you love them, and God, that the, the reality of Christmas for them would be about Jesus, that he was in, in this story and the way that he came upon the earth was prophesied and told about uh, thousands of years ago, God, that you actually prophesied about this uh, awesome uh, man who is God coming to the earth and being a savior. And God, I just pray, God, that that would take center stage in this time and that we would honor Jesus in our life. Uh, you know, it's awesome how, you know, Jesus was born in a manger. He wasn't born in a palace. And how it's just such a cool, you know, picture of of who the Lord was and how he went coming in, even though he it was an incredible story. But there was just such a, a incredible picture of him being born, you know, where the animals were and where... You know, people would think, you know, a king's going to be born in this lowly place. No, he, he was born in a lowly place and he's been lifted high to the highest place. And I just think there's such a message there. But that's not the message I'm going into today. I'm going into Proverbs 8. And um, let's just pray. Father, I just pray that this word and uh, this scripture would just really resonate with people and people's hearts would be touched and changed for your glory, for your purpose. God, that they would experience uh, just a shift in their spirit and their inner man, God, that they would feel uh, empowered and energized to, to go forward with you, to be um, led by your spirit, to know your spirit, to walk with your spirit, to actually incline their heart and their mind to you, God, to want to know who you are. And I just pray that right now, Lord, that as people would allow for the word of God to come in, the spirit of God to come upon them, that God, their life would be changed, that God, there would be uh, something deposited in them that would grow 
for the rest of the life. The, the word of God does not return void. It goes in and accomplishes what you sent it to do. And that's what we're doing. We're planting seeds of your word in people, seeds of truth in people's hearts and minds that have more power than the seeds of fear and doubt that the world tries to put in, more power than sin and unbelief, uh, that it tries to put seed and, and grow bad things in our life. We put the word of God to choke out all that other junk and, and let it be strong and alive in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's go to uh, Proverbs chapter 8. And this chapter is so awesome. I really love this chapter. It's a lot of scripture, a lot of verses, but if you just go through it and take your time, which um, we're going to do today, is just kind of go through it and just let it kind of speak. And then I'll kind of expand a little bit on just just kind of how I read the Bible. But um, let's go ahead and start. So verse one, does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of a high hill beside the way where the paths meet. I love this because it's, it's really talking about direction and how... Um, like a crossroads, right? There's always a time in our life where you come to a crossroad. Everybody will have a journey. And on that journey, you're going to come to a place where there's a crossroads, where you're going to have to make decisions. You're going to have to look and make life decisions. And the cool thing is, is that there is a voice crying out. There is, if, if we seek out and we're looking, God's saying not only that, but it's on a high hill, on top of a high hill, meaning it's, if you look up, God's not trying to hide his direction. He's not trying to hide his voice. He's not trying to trick us. He's not mean. No, he wants us to know and understand who he is and find wisdom, find understanding, find direction. Um, so that when we're at those place where we need to make those, those choices that sometimes are tough, they're not easy, but God will meet us in that place and his wisdom and his understanding will empower us to make the right decision. Uh, verse 3, it says, She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city. So here it is again, talking about a door, right? The gate. In a, entering into the city, entering into a place uh, of life and business and busyness and uh, new opportunities, right? New relationships at the entrance of the doors. To you, O man, I call. Oh, you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. I love this because I really believe this chapter as if, you know, if people are like, I don't know how to hear God, I don't know how to hear the voice of the Lord, or, or you know, I struggle hearing God, just Go to chap chapter 8 in Proverbs, and there's the voice of God. You want to hear it? He's actually, he's actually speaking to you. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, He's saying, For I will speak of excellent things. This is God's voice speaking to us. So if you're having a hard time wondering, Hey, man, you know, I just I don't know if this is God or not. Come to the Word of God and let this be the thing that speaks to you. Because it is the voice of God. You know, I know there's times where we're trying to hear God's voice and it's not, it's not very specific in our lives. But if we will stay in this word, it will, be, it will 
it will kind of hone out and, sh and shave off and supernaturally um, guide our steps, supernaturally move us like, like the wind does a boat. If we will put our self upon the water of the word of God, right? Like just like calm at peace, like a boat, all it does is it's still. And, it, and if you will have that word be the water underneath your boat, then what happens is as you stay in it, the wind of God will come and begin to blow your ship, blow it in the direction that he has for your life. And there's that's kind of an analogy, but there's also the dynamic of how it is a light, right? A light into our, our path, a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. So when we need direction for our life, God's word and who he is um, comes alive in the scriptures. So listen, for I will speak of excellent things. And from the opening of my lips will come right things, right things, meaning will come things that are pure, that are holy, that are truth. There's no darkness in God. There's no lying in God. God's not telling you half truths. God's not trying to trick you and get you to mess up and fail in life. God has right path, right things, good things for you. For from his mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to his lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. Uh, you know, you can be around some people and sometimes, you know, their language is crooked or perverse. Well, that's not the voice of God. That's the voice of man. That's the voice of sin. That's the voice of the flesh. But when you hear God speak, he speaks what is righteous. He speaks what is truth and what is pure. Uh, they are all plain to him who understands. They are all easy to, to, under, to understand and to take on, to, to receive to him who has an understanding heart. You know, people who have bitterness and anger and, and rancor in their, in their soul, when, when truth is spoken, it actually frustrates them, irritates them, and makes them angry. But when there is a heart that is surrendered and a heart that's open to the Spirit of God, then it becomes this thing that is easy to receive. It is something that is like, it's like um, taking a drink of water when you're thirsty. It's easy for you to take a, a fresh glass of water, put it to your lips and drink from it, right? But if you go and you try and you're looking at like a drink and you go and then all of a sudden there's an odor to it or you're like, oh, what is, I'm not drinking that, right? You're gonna, you're gonna stop, you're gonna get, you're not gonna wanna sip from that. But when it's pure and it's holy, and there's truth behind it, you're gonna to wanna to drink from that because it's refreshing to the soul. It actually brings God and you closer together, not separate you further apart. If your heart's right, if your heart's not right, then what's pure and holy will repel the wickedness and actually disturb uh, on the inside of you what is not true, what is actually evil. And you can see it sometimes uh, when when I'm preaching or when I'm talking to people and you, you're speaking truth. And it's even happened to me, you know, sometimes people, they tell the truth and, you know, the old saying, the truth hurts, man, the truth hurts. And people get all squirmy and they start getting agitated because the truth really does affect the dysfunction in our life, the things that are, that are not right. And it's supposed to, because it, the truth wants to actually come in and replace that, which is wrong impure, which is not right. 
The truth wants to come and live and dwell in those areas where we've accepted lies, uh, falsehoods, untruths about ourselves, about others. Um, you know, if you've ever been around somebody and, you know, somebody tr- starts to praise somebody or, or speak highly of somebody and the other person doesn't like that person, you can watch them begin to get irritated because of the way this person is speaking highly about somebody else. I mean, people, I mean, come on, guys, people are so funky. I mean, I know this because I know myself and at times I've been funky in my life. But when somebody begins to praise somebody else and the person just next to him starts to get irritated or you could tell they get an attitude because maybe they're offended or they, they you know, they, ha- they don't like that person. I think it's kind of funny because it just shows like how frail and how, you know, we really are as human beings. We, we need the righteousness and holiness of God in our life. We need the word of God to come and challenge us and to be deposited in our soul so that when those type of things happen, we don't have those ir- irritations or, or get irritable because somebody else is uh, being blessed or or praised or um, whatever it may be. Like we want to celebrate people. We want to when somebody else gets blessed, we want to we want to actually add to that blessing. When somebody's speaking highly of somebody, we should say, "Yeah, man, that person's great. That person's awesome." Um, if if somebody's getting blessed, man, 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 let me let me add on to that. You know, let me bless them too, because I know my blessing is in my ability to release blessing. It's not in my ability to withhold, to be angry, to be bitter, to be frustrated, to 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 try to find a way not to bless somebody, right? Because I don't like them or because I have an opinion about them. No, we should have a a a, a really a deep love. And like the Bible says, you know, consider others more than we do ourselves. And I think that's one of the greatest challenges for mankind <laughs> is to not be selfish, not to be thinking about themselves. Uh, so let's get back to it. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to those who understand and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies and all things one may desire cannot compare with her. Let's sit there for a second. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all things one may desire cannot be compared with her. So if you look at this, you know, I don't think this knowledge here is necessary speaking of like, you know, hey, let's go, let's go get all this information about life and try to be the most smartest person in the world and know how everything works and how the universe and the stars and everything, you know, math, mathematical equations and, you know, like we're just like crazy, like in our head genius in areas and i think people like that are incredible and i i think they're amazing you know my math level went to about algebra and then i was like okay uh i'm checking out i'm out because my mind just could not go into that formulaic it was like repetitive keep going and breaking it down it's like can't we just keep it simple and plain and i think sometimes people get so in their heads they complicate things uh more than make them simple but god is here saying go after knowledge and really i think the knowledge 
is wisdom. It's, it's understanding God in life, understanding God in man, understanding how God's heart wants to relate to mankind and how our heart should relate to one another, relate to the problems and the challenges of life, right? That God wants to give us understanding and wisdom so that we can walk in a way that really is above the norm, that really is excellent, that is something to be seen and go, wow, man, they really carry themselves in a way that, that is prudent, that is uh, wise, that is merciful, that is gracious. Um, I think it's really cool when people, you know, have such a passion for God, but then you see in their character when they're challenged or when things happen, you see them just shine in those moments. They don't lose their cool. They don't you know, stress out, freak out and, and, you know, all the, like, like the old saying does, you know, like when life comes to squeeze you and it squeezes you, what comes out of you. And I mean, I've had some bad moments, you know, in my life where bad stuff comes out, you know, or even in marriage, when you get an argument, the next thing you know, you're in the flesh and, and some, some stuff comes out of you. You wish you never would have allowed to come out of you. You say hurtful things. And then you gotta like eat crow and go back and humble yourself and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And it, cause it doesn't build, it actually tears down. So we should go after knowledge, instruction, more than uh, money, more than fleshly desires. Cause it says that those who go after these things, that those things are actually more valuable than gold more valuable than rubies, than the most precious gems. And all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her, with wisdom, understanding. Uh, verse 12 says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance. So pride and arrogance, what? Pride is like thinking you're better than everybody else, thinking your stuff don't stink, thinking you're so awesome and wonderful. Arrogance is kind of the same, right? It's the same thing. It's walking around um, like with this air about you and the stink of, of an attitude. You know, it's funny when I see people, you know, because I, I, you know, being in Christianity, you see people who are like pride detectors, right? Or they're arrogant detect. Like they just, they see everybody else's pride and arrogance. Oh, that person's proud and this person's arrogant. Like, I think real humility doesn't have to, doesn't talk that way. When we're humble, somebody else's arrogance or pride does not disturb us. Why? Because humility doesn't have a voice. It doesn't, it doesn't raise itself up above to try to prove that somebody else is dirty and stinky. No, humility actually gets underneath and through love and through God's power actually dismantles somebody else's pride and arrogance by being what? Humble. So when I see somebody respond in a, in a way that is like disturbed, like, oh my God, I cannot believe. And that, to me, what you're doing is exposing your own arrogance and pride. Because what pride does is it actually competes with other people's pride and arrogance, right? When you have issues of pride and arrogance, 
then when somebody else's rises up and it makes you angry and you get mad and you want to try to, oh, that person so, makes me so mad because they're so arrogant. What it does is it disturbs your own ego, your own pride and arrogance. So your reaction to them actually is proud and arrogant to get mad at somebody because you think they're arrogant. No, humility actually doesn't have a voice. It shows up in action. It shows up in mercy and grace and love. Humility goes underneath what is lifted up and, and takes the back seat. And in a sense, is, is able to be ridiculed and made to feel less than and not have it disturb them. People who are proud, when they're made to feel less than and they don't feel like they're important, somebody else makes them feel like they're more important. When they have pride, their pride raises up and goes, you're not better than me. Who do you think you are? Oh, you think you're so great and wonderful. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Right? That's arrogant. That's proud. But humility actually doesn't need to prove itself on a stage with somebody else who thinks they're great. Real humility actually goes, okay, you're great and wonderful, then be great and wonderful. But if it's real pride and arrogance, like the Bible says, pride comes before a fall. And it's not that we're trying to trip people up, make them fall, that those people will earn their own uh, kind of like, you know, they'll, they'll be seen, right? They'll be shown that they're proud and arrogant by what God does in their life, not what man does in their life. You know, somebody else trying to humble somebody or treat you know, try to put like some kind of thing in their path to make, oh, I'm going to humble that. Oh, they're going to, they're going to see, right? We're going to, we're going to make them pay. That's just you and your pride trying to one up and contend with somebody else's, uh, maybe they think they're great or whatever, or they think they're really good at something and you want to try to show them that they're not. That's, that's what men do on the playground, right? That's what we did when we were kids. You're competing. You're, I'm better. Or, or the old, <laughs> the old thing of like, Oh yeah, my dad will kick your dad's butt. No, my dad will kick your dad's butt. My dad's stronger than your dad. You know, like when you're a kid, you're like. <laughs> and then I remember the first fight I got into. It was funny. It was on a. It was actually at a Christian school. I think I was probably first grade. And me and this, I can't even remember what it was over. All I remember is him grabbing my lip and squeezing as hard as he could and screaming, and me grabbing his face, like the bottom of his eye, and. Screaming like just grabbing it as hard as I could and screaming because we got in some kind of little fight, you know, as kids, which at this point, I honestly do not remember what it was over. And then we went to the principal's office and this was back in the day, you know, when they would let the principals actually spank you. And we got spanked, both of us. And that's really what God does is God has a way of like disciplining his kids when they're both in the wrong, right? And if one's in the wrong and the other one's humble, Right, like Cain and Abel, there, there. It wasn't like, you know, Cain came and killed Abel. But if Abel probably had that arrogance or pride, then Abel probably would have fought back and tried to kill Cain back. See, that's that's the thing that people like. Pride is very good at disguising itself and hiding itself from the person that has it. Right, it's it's like it puts blinders on you to see yourself. It's real easy to see everybody else's issues, but it's hard to see your own. And that's what pride does is it comes like a, like a lying spirit to get you to think you don't have issues. But when we're humble, we know, hey, man, I got issues just like that person. So when somebody comes around with issues, we're not the first one to try to to show them their issues. And you know what I mean? And try to you know prove to them how who they are, how they're wrong. 
That's actually arrogant and proud. Um, Counsel is mine. Sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. See, this is the Holy Spirit. I really believe this is the Holy Spirit. I remember one time I was talking to a pastor and I was explaining uh, like how I love this chapter and how I have this uh, revelation of how this is really the Holy Spirit speaking to, speaking to people. And he's like, you can't say that. It doesn't say that in the, the word. So you can't say that. And I'm like, no, I can say that because I believe that. And, and he goes, no, it's wisdom. And I said, yeah, well, wis- where do you think wisdom comes from? The wisdom of God is the Holy Spirit is God. So me saying that this is the Holy Spirit speaking is 100% accurate. And if you want to debate, then you can go debate in a corner with yourself because I believe this is the Holy Spirit speaking to mankind. Um, Counsel is mine. Sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign. By me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. This is for all people. This isn't just for special chosen people. This is for people who, he says, if you love me, the, the, the key to getting to have a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit is what? To love him. If you love me, I will love you. And even the Bible, um, I mean, obviously we don't, God loves us no matter what. But there's this unique way of like, when we love God and we love the things of God, you don't think that that brings like a greater measure of God's, goodness in our life that God actually sees that and goes wow this one loves me like David right like a David who has had a heart after God's so God it's not that God loves somebody else but there is a special um, entry into a relationship with God when we love him back Jesus said if you love me keep my commands so we don't just live life and say well you know God just loves me but we never love him back we never love his word we never love who he is, what he stands for, what he says in here. We don't have a hunger for it. We don't thirst after it, right? And then think that that just, God's just gonna like, we're gonna have everything he has for us in life. No, if we love him, I believe that there is, uh, like the Bible says, um, those who seek me diligently, right? Uh, God is a rewarder of those who seek diligently. God, like you go after the Lord, he rewards us. He's a good God. Uh, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. It says, riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. Like here God is saying, like, you know, God wants to bless us. He wants to give us stuff. He wants to pour out on us. And we we know the saying, you know, God wants you to have things, but he just doesn't want things to have you. He doesn't want us to have things that distract us and take away from the relationship. And the next thing you know, we're obsessing and controlled by those things. And I know what it's like to to like stuff. I love movies. I love uh, collecting things ever since I was a kid. But how do you know? People can really go after collecting things. And the next thing you know, they're they're crazy. They have rooms full of stuff, like uh, little figurines, or and some of them haven't even been opened. Like they just put them on a wall, and they spend thousands of dollars on stuff that they don't need. 
Like I've spent money on stuff I don't need, you know, I'm confessing here, like I, I have. But I wanna have a heart that wants to spend on the Lord. And I think God wants me to, to enjoy the things I enjoy, but he doesn't want them to overpower my relationship and me begin to enjoy it more than I do him. And in fact, the Spirit of God, I don't even think allows you to do that because the Spirit of God doesn't enjoy the things of the flesh. It enjoys the things of the Spirit. So we can discern in our life by walking with the Lord and begin to, to know, okay, this, I gotta, I gotta have a healthy balance in my life because I need God to have those areas so that He can really use me um, instead of things having me. And he says right here, he says, riches and honor are with him. Enduring riches and righteousness. His fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold. His revenue than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. God actually wants us blessed. He's not up there going like, how can I make them suffer? How can I, how can I teach them a lesson by making their life miserable? You know, sometimes we go through seasons and it's hard. And, you know, we, we learn from those seasons. But it's not God's heart, you know, for like even the Bible says he's never seen the righteous um, begging for bread, right? Like God actually desires to fill us. He just doesn't want to fill us and then us go out and use what he's given us and waste it and be a bad steward or be somebody who doesn't honor him with it. Because again, it's about a relationship, a loving relationship with God. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way. So this is where I feel like it's the Holy Spirit kind of revealing, right? Like this is the Holy Spirit. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields, or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the seas its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. Isn't that just like the Holy Ghost? He's a master craftsman. And if we yield to him, he will shape and form something so incredible in our life. In us, in us, inside of us, he shapes and forms and creates something beautiful. We've already got the blueprint, right? The blueprint's there. We give our life to Jesus. We come to him. He's already created the, blue, the, the blueprint from the foundation of the world for our life but now we got to partner with him we got to love him we got to have a relationship with him and allow him to do the work he's a master craftsman he knows what he's doing i like how it says 
right after that. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. How cool, how cool is that? Like, I don't understand doctrinally all the idea of this being the Holy Spirit. I just think that he's a person and that he he's the one operating on the earth today. He's the one that uses us. He's the one uh, that anoints us. He's the one that empowers us to be used by God, whether he uses us uh, to pray for people and they're healed. If, if he uses us to pray for people, they're delivered from addiction, from bondage. If he uses us to see people come to Jesus and lead them to the Lord, he uses us to disciple people. You know, the, that the Holy Spirit is working. And so doctrinally, I don't understand it. And I'm sure there's somebody out there who would try to explain it. But honestly, I'm not interested if it's going to be like you trying to, uh, you know, at the end of the day, just come up with your own idea of what it is. Because at the end of the day, we really nobody really knows everything about God or everything the Bible's talking about. That's why I love the presence and the power of God and I mean the present and the power of the Holy Spirit because it's the foundation of where I where I live my life from love respect honor right these foundational things that I can build doctrine off of those things because that's what that's what um God that's who God is God is love so if I begin to try to build doctrine and ideas based on you know weird theories or ideas about God that don't have a foundation of God's love and forgiveness, right? Because you can have all this revelation, but then hate your brother, right? You can be like uh, prophetic and, you know, have insight and discernment and and think you're the most spiritual person. But when you don't love people and you don't really walk in in that understanding, then really your foundation is jacked and you'll go off down roads and talk about things you have no idea about, like angels and demons and come up with names for them and describe the spirit of this and the spirit of that and the spirit of a you know spirit of butterfinger because you like butterfingers and now you got a demon that a butterfinger on you and you need a butterfinger demon cast out you because you eat too many butterfingers (laughs) oh i mean that's a really like kind of a joking way of describing it but literally that's what people get into everything's a spirit and it's like really if you just stayed in the place of love right with god and just stayed close to him I just don't think he leads your mind and your heart in those directions. I think he leads it in very simple, practical ways of connecting with people, loving people, and seeing them, uh, you know, become and attain the things that God has for them. And it doesn't have to be this weird spiritual uh, contest all the time, right? Yeah, the devil re- resists us, but God. But the Bible says. If you resist the devil, submit to God. It doesn't say resist the devil, fight, wrestle with him, you know, try to find out the name of the demons you're wrestling with and, and be weird about it. No, it just says if you, re- if you resist the devil, submit to God. Submit to God's word. Submit to his love. Submit to who he is, his character, his integrity, how he walks on the earth, who he was in Christ Jesus. Submit to that and the devil will flee. He will go from your life. He will run. So it says, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. You know, the Holy Spirit actually delights in interacting with humanity. He loves to talk with us, spend time with us. Um, He loves to like, 
you know, get in there while we're reading the word and show us revelation, show us things about Jesus. You know, and really the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal and point us back to who Jesus was, what his purpose was, and then empower us to receive what our purpose is, what he wants us to be doing on the earth. And it's not only just in, in like our work for him and what he wants us to do in obedience to God, but he actually wants to have a good time with us. He loves, I believe, he loves when we sing to the Lord, when we sing, when we praise the Lord. I, I think when we talk about the word and we get into uh, conversations about him, I think he loves the interaction. Um, so being around people that love the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit, that's like something I have to have in my life. I can't be around rigid, religious, you know, people that just want to argue doctrine or just want to be like, well, I know, I know the word. I'm a theologian, that type of stuff. It's like, okay, well, that's good. But do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you have a relationship with the Spirit of God? And, do, and does he have one with you? Because he wants to. Uh, verse 32, now, therefore, listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways, hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. So there's that interaction, right? Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and attains favor from the Lord. But whoever sins against me wrongs his own soul, and those who hate me love death. I believe this is the Holy Spirit speaking. Those who love the Holy Spirit, who love God and love having a relationship with the Spirit of God, right? And again, like I don't I'm not like in in this theological way trying to explain and expound this idea here. All I all I know is it's in my heart and it's what I know by reading this these scriptures is that Jesus came and died on the earth and he sent the Holy Spirit and he's now seated at, you know, in heaven and how all of it works and how all of it, I don't know. I can't explain that to you other than I know when I pray and I spend time with the Holy Spirit and I have a relationship and, and recognize and acknowledge his work on the earth that he opens up and reveals and really does some awesome things in my life. And he wants to do that in your life and he wants to do that in everyone's life. And because, you know, the Bible says that one spirit, like we're all united in the Holy Spirit. Like we're not given different Holy Spirits. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't change his mind with somebody else. Like if they struggle with an area of sin, the Holy Spirit's not like, it's okay. You know, my Holy Spirit says it's okay to sin. No, your Holy Spirit's not saying that. That's your flesh and you're just creating some kind of version in your mind and you're deceived. The Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit uh, in other believers who have a relationship with Him. They're not different Holy Spirits. There's only one Holy Spirit that is the Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that now dwells in us, right? Those who believe, who have given their life to Jesus. So if, if you get around people that have a weird version of it, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's just their weird, that's just their flesh trying to mix in with some of the Holy Spirit and the truth of, of maybe what they got, but now they're trying to make it 
some kind of doctrinal thing and it becomes weird, it becomes spooky, it becomes bizarre. And, um, and I'm not talking about like, you know, things that God does that, that confound the mind or like holy laughter. Like I believe, I agree with like all that stuff. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to touch our emotions. He wants to sanctify them. He wants to purify them. Because how many of you know your emotions can drag you down to the pits of hell? Your emotions can be the most demonically influenced part of your life and you can live in the depths of darkness in your soul, in the bitterness and the anger and the rage of your soul. You can have emotional issues that literally are bondage to your life. So the Holy Spirit is very interested in your emotions. He wants to get in there and free you up and break off those things. Break off those mindsets. Break off those 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 things that are in us that are just holding us back emotionally. Because when he is in power in our life and in control of our emotions, we're free. We're free to smile, we're free to have joy, we're free to to know what how to be humble, we're free to know how to embrace correction we're, we're free to know how to embrace instruction and when people are out to hurt us or we have enemies we're free to we're able to love those people we're able to embrace um, their ridicule their persecution and trust God with the outcome of how they treat us right we don't have to try to take it in our own hands right go buy a gun plan plot to kill somebody that's all carnal and demonic but when the Holy Spirit Spirit gets control of those inner things in our life, it frees us up to enjoy our life. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what, um, you know, the things that are changing or shifting, we can have joy, we can have expectation, and we can just embrace the future that God has for us. And not only that, but you know what? It'll bring the right relationships around you. It'll bring, it will remove and expel the wrong relationships, and it will attract the right relationships. You want people that believe in you around you. You want people that see the good things that God has put in your life and not just focus and concentrate on the bad things the devil's put in your life. I mean, my goodness, we might as well never have come to Jesus if we're going to be around people that just want to point out the fact that we still are sinners and we still have issues. No, we want to get around people that can, can help us deal with the areas that are uh, negative and sin in our life, but point us towards the positive, the life-giving things. Empower us into and propel us into what God has for our life. Not try to like, uh, you know, contend and, and put stumbling blocks, but actually push us into and launch us into destiny. And those type of relationships you fight for, you die for, you give your life for. Because you could be in a really uh, bad place in your life and feel like, you know, it's all over. But when you get around somebody that's full of God, you will leave that situation going, I can do it. I can I can do it. I, I'm an overcomer. God's with me and he loves me. His favor's on my life. He He's in love with me. You know, you don't want to get around people and have them make you feel like God's favor's not on your life. He doesn't love you. There's something wrong with you. You're a bad person. No, he wants to actually rip out the things that would hinder us and put in the things that would empower us. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God. And so when people have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and you get around them, that's what they deposit in you. They don't deposit fear, doubt, dread, bitterness. They deposit life-giving power and actually uh, connect you with a relationship with God. 
teach you and inspire you to go after your own relationship with the Holy Spirit, with God, to get to know him, right? So that you would find him. And when you find him, like the scripture says, you will find life. Whoever finds him, finds the Holy Spirit, will find life and obtain favor from the Lord. But he who sins against the Holy Spirit, who rejects him, who resists him, who wrongs his, will wrong his own soul, and those who hate the Holy Spirit, who just are, are vile and gross and, and uh, bitter and just, you know, like there's people that hate God, then they actually love death because that's, the, that's what's coming for them. Everyone on the earth is going to come to a place of death. And when you hate God and you don't love righteousness and because, look, no matter what you think, you know, and, I, you know, at the end of the day, if you're saved or lost listening or you're an atheist, no matter what you think, right, you can have all kinds of thoughts. But at the end of the day, you're going to come face to face with the reality, just like I will. Right. Like, I believe all this stuff in the Bible. I love it and I have a passion for it. and I'm excited about it. But I'm going to come to a, a point where I'm going to have to give up this body and this life and go down and you know i won't exist on this earth anymore but i will face off with the reality of if god was real or if he wasn't and for me because of the revelation and because of my experience like i i believe this this is a life this is real to me so i believe i'm gonna have life i believe i'm gonna experience what the bible teaches about heaven and that i don't just die and that my existence is over because people that hate God and death is the thing that's waiting for them. And it's not going to be a happy thing. It's not going to be what you think it is. You're not just going to die and then become energy in the air. You're not going to just die and then become, uh, you know, come back as another person in another country. You're not going to come back as a piglet or, you know, a kitty cat. <laughs> it's somebody's cat or a tree. Like there's people that believe bizarre crap and it's because of the devil, okay? It's not because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and awakens you to the truth of love and relationship. Those two things that are the reason why God created this whole earth and this whole thing. Love God, love your neighbor, and let those two things become such a reality that the way that you behave and live your life affects your life, not only for now, but for eternity. So God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for what you've uh, spoken today. And God, I just pray right now, Lord, whoever's listening, I pray if you've never received Jesus, if you're lost, if you don't know him, or maybe you were saved at one time and you came up in a religious structure, a religious church, a religious family, that it soured you and burnt you and hardened you toward the reality of who God is, the reality of who the Holy Spirit is and how awesome and amazing he is. I pray that now you would give your life to Jesus. All you have to do is come and say, God, I give you my life. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross. I believe that you were raised on the third day. I believe you died for me, for my sins, for my dysfunction, for my brokenness, and that you rose and gave me life, gave me healing, gave me fullness, gave me the blueprint for my life that I could live to the fullest on this earth. And that you've given me purpose and a destiny and a call. And I will run after it. I will run to it with all my heart. Because you gave your life for me, I want to give mine back to you and say, have your way in my life. So if you don't know the Lord, I pray that you would just 
come into that place with God. It's not a religious thing. It's not a scripted thing. It's from your heart to his ears, from your heart to his ears. Whatever you feel like saying, you speak it to the Lord. And I believe he'll meet you in that place. And God, for those who are listening, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just empower them to walk uh, in a greater measure, to have a hunger and thirst for a relationship with the Holy Spirit and to know you in the fullest measure of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.